ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special edition of the Eagle Eye Podcast. My name is Ivan, and today I am joined by two experts in the Liga MX feminine community. It is none other than Miss Amy Lopez and Miss Melissa. Melissa, what is your last name? I don't want to. I don't want to get this wrong. Is it Hernandez? Yes. All right. So yeah. Melissa Hernandez, Amy Lopez. Welcome to the podcast, a special podcast dedicated to everything hashtag Lady Aguilas and Chivas Feminine because it is time to talk about the Clásico Nacional. Thank you so much for both of you. And hashtag Liga MX F-E-M-E-N-G. There you go. That, Even though people complain true. that it's too long. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit too much characters, but you know what? It's fine. I think it, it's it's a bold statement in itself. But thank you so much to the both of you for coming on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. It's back. fun. I'm enjoying this. I don't have my America jersey today. I'm sorry, Ivan. I know. I know. But I will get one. I promise. It's okay. It's okay. You have till Monday. We've 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 arranged that already. So uh yeah. hopefully you can take care of that. But it's uh it it's a big week for uh for these two teams. Obviously, the biggest game in what we call La Liga MX is America versus Chivas, obviously the Clásico Nacional. Now we get to reiterate that into the lady side of things. I'm just going to throw it off right away. What does this mean to the both of you, really? Because you two follow this game this a little bit closer than many of us who are, who are going to be watching. And what does it mean to have an America Chivas during regular league play? Anyone? I mean, so I can start I think, off, you know, like, uh, so go ahead, Melissa, go. Like, okay, so I think it's really big because this also sort of signals the start of this new era for the league in that there are no longer any groups. So we used to not be able to have these games regularly. And I think that if you ask me who the bigger rival was for Chivas up to this point, it was Tigres. I wouldn't say America because they just never got to play each other. So I think it's going to be good for the exposure of the league that we are now going to regularly have these classicals over the season. Yeah, no, I'm entirely on Melissa's uh, side. This is this is a perfect mo. It's actually coming at a really cool moment in the season too. You know, this is the towards the end when I mean we're going to get into it. The points kind of matter. They're so close in the standings. Um, you know, it's the first chance in this in the league that we're going to see this in the regular season. You know, we we talked about it a little bit on the hour football pod. You know, Melissa definitely highlights it on social media. You know, it's it's been so hard to try to see these kind of matches because of the way that the groups worked out. You you did you didn't I don't think you ever like had this opportunity. And now you're going to get in a regular season match. And I know we have our opinions i certainly do uh, adriana on the hour football pod does as well about mondays and you know scheduling the league on mondays but i think monday has become and it has to do with the um availability of the the tv broadcasting broadcasting rights that you know mondays have become this huge day for league mx feminine so for it to be on a monday for these two teams to face off at each other at the end of the day yeah you said it perfectly ivan these these two teams are the teams you want to see face off against each other in the league, regardless of gender. So to be able to see that the women's team face off against each other, it's a classical and classicals are meant to be exciting. And I hope that that is felt from the two teams and I hope it translates onto the field. Definitely. And and I want to touch upon that. No, go ahead, Melissa, go ahead. 
They even said it on Independence Day for Mexico. So yeah, that, that's exactly oh, that's, that's exactly what I was going to go to because you, you and I were talking about this before Amy got on the call, and um, I thought that was really cool as well. That this it it, it really mixes with with the Mexican culture that is you know Independence Day. Then you have you know the biggest game in what you know we could consider the the biggest game to be in Mexico, which would be in America Chivas. So. That that is really really a nice touch. I don't know if it was done on purpose or if it just just so happened to be at that point, but um, it, it is a really really cool thing that they have that going on during that Independence uh, Day for Mexico. So it should be interesting. Um, I do want to touch upon what you were saying though, Amy, in regards to this game and and hopefully that everyone can feel that kind of same energy that we get from the men's side of thing. And and that, that was what my question was, because I even asked uh, one of our fellow colleagues, Eugene, who is uh, an, an avid follower of, of the of the Liga Mekis Feminine, can this game live up to the expectation? Can this game live up to the name of a Clásico Nacional in America Chivas? Can, do you, do you, the both of you, can you see this game actually being what we've come to know this game to be? I think it can. I think that um, not so much the way that you're forming the question. I think that it can, but we also have to give it time as we have for anything involving the women's league. I mean, I don't think we could put it. I mean, we've been privileged enough to see Tigres versus Rayadas, right? Like that, those games are fun. Those games are exciting. We, we all enjoy those very much. Can it go to that potential? It can. Will it be this game? I'm not quite sure. And I think that that's where we have to just um, give it credit to or not give it credit, but, you know, give it have patience for it. If it's not an amazingly extravagant game, that's okay. But if we get an exciting game, well, then it's exactly what we're all looking for. Melissa, what do you think coming into this? Do you think it's... uh... It can live up to expectation right away, or, or, or are you on the same line with Amy that it's gonna gradually take off? Yeah, I think it. We should give it time, and I mean, just from the how the teams are in the in the rankings, we have Team Seven versus the eighth ranked team. In there, pretty even in terms of stats. Um, they have even the same amount of goals scored and conceded. So we are seeing two teams that come in very similar form. So I think that's going to help a bit because they're both playing to stay on the top eight. And they come in similar form and that should actually make it better for the show that we're seeing teams that are evenly matched instead of one team coming in weaker than the other. Definitely. It's exactly what, how Amy was instruct, uh, explaining it in the beginning. It's it's a match where these points really do matter. It, it's almost a game in which uh, you kind of do or die uh, because both teams really need And then that's... Yeah, and in that sense, Ivan, I think that's where I, I think that's where I'm going. I think at the end of the day, it matters to the teams, right? It, or it, the answer will be if the teams feel it. And I think they will, and I think part of that will come into play because of um, where we're at in the season and um, getting the three points is definitely a. I mean, you, you see how close it is in the standings. It's ridiculous. It's like from the top, from the eighth person up until I think it's I think I was looking at it, I think until maybe like the thirteenth or fourteenth place. It's actually pretty close where yeah, some teams are definitely not going to make it to the playoffs, but it's just it's so like the point differential is just so small. The window is just so small that um yeah, this game's definitely gonna matter. It definitely will. It definitely will. Now here's another question I pose in regards to this game as well. 
we obviously know that these classicals are played with a little bit of an extra oomph, correct? Especially uh, being that both of these teams, uh, you know, they're they're fairly new, but they're, they're all young, talented Mexican girls. Some of them are Mexican American, but they they understand. I would imagine what it is. They've grown in that culture of 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 soccer, of and they know the importance of these of these games. Melissa, is is this a game in which you think that some of the players feel it a little bit more that they're gonna play a little bit more for the for the shirt for the jersey for the club? Absolutely. I mean, the last time they played, it was two years ago. And just checking who started that match two years ago versus the roster we have now. Um, goalkeeper Blanca Felix, she's still there as a starter. Uh, Captain Tania Morales, she's still there going strong. And after that, it's just Andrea Sanchez and Brenda Viramontes who are regularly starting. So the rest of, of the team hasn't played a Clásico. So there, it's going to be their first Clásico, and I'm sure it's going to mean a lot to them. Uh, I mean, we only have one Mexican-American, Janely Farias, but she's a hardcore Chivas fan, so I'm sure that it means a lot to her to be able to play in the league and play a Clásico on her first season. I'm sure she's going to give it all. Yeah, and that's something that uh, that's that I want to bring up too because some of these girls actually are fans of the team that they're playing for now, right? There's, there's, there's some that feel that connection to the club and to the jersey. Obviously, there's not a youth rank like, you know, there is with, with the men's like that, you know, that you start the process young. But it, I think that that could add a little bit of extra, something that maybe we haven't seen in the men's side a lot, you know, especially maybe from an America side of things with, you know, foreign players that, you know, they, they kind of get a, a comprehensive idea of what this game means. But, they, you know, there's always this criticism that they don't have kind of that passion and that drive, especially for a game like this, you know, and when I'm talking about America Chivas that were played back in, I don't know, the 80s, you know, in, in, in the 90s, where, where it, was, it, it was, you felt that passion right away. It was, it was, it was the orgullo of, of winning the Clásico Mexicano. And I think we could see something similar to some of these ladies. I don't know if that's something you guys can concur with or you guys maybe see that I'm maybe on the wrong of, but I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I'm, I'm actually just that we're talking about this, you know, that feel of a classical and stuff. I really do hope, and it's something that, I mean, we talk about in, in the league in general, not just this specific game, but I really do hope that the fans show up and show out, you know, and, and really support this classical the way that they support the men's side, because it's, it's a huge deal. And I, I was thinking about this and I wish I would have planned ahead. I would love to be there for this, you know, for this opportunity, this regular season first game. I, I think it's a, it's a monumental moment that is going to, you know, like uh, Melissa was saying earlier, it's going to set the precedent of this new era that the league is in. And I, I the scoreline will matter, but I think the atmosphere overall, whether it's the players feeling it, uh, you know, the the coaches, you know, really, you know, tactically initiating a, a really strong side, really strong sides. And then, of course, at the end, the fans like really coming out. I don't know. It's a We've seen, like we, like I said before, you've seen it for um, for Tigres Rayadas, and I just hope that the same thing is able to be seen on Monday as well. Definitely. Yeah, I was actually checking attendance numbers for the Stadio Akron, and the highest so far was the first match against against San Luis, and it was two thousand people. But I've been seeing the club really promoting the match, and there's actually. Um, Fans who buy a ticket for Chivas versus Atlas for the men's in the weekend, 
they can, with that same ticket, get into the women's match on Monday. So let's see how many fans show up. It would be a sight to see if we if we got a really really big attendance. Um, obviously, this is um, and and you know we were talking about this little little bit later, but I think now's the perfect time to bring it up is how much will home advantage play in this side? Because you can imagine that you know even though there is a lot of Americanistas out in Guadalajara, you would imagine that it'd be more of a local game, Chivas, than you know anything else. Obviously, when the men's travel, you know you get maybe like a sixty forty kind of environment uh obviously in favor of i would say Guadalajara sometimes but now i would imagine maybe the balance is tipped a little bit more on Chivas end maybe a little bit 80 20 if if that's fair to say is something that we'll see i hope so <laughs> but i mean the Chivas are good for they have three wins at home and only one loss against tijuana so they've been doing good at home hope that that also factors in and i think that uh going into that home field advantage. Um, Chivas, for me, I mean, I guess I can start talking about this a little bit early about how they're coming into this match, but Chivas, for me in general, this season, given their kind of restructuring or their revamping, definitely has shown a particular kind of identity since maybe the beginning of the season, whereas I think America has kind of just started finding that these last couple weeks. And you tie that into that home field advantage. I don't know, you... I you see not just the home field advantage, but you see Chivas mentally having the upper hand in this game, um, in my opinion, just given the way that they're they're doing. Technically, America is higher up in the standings, but I think, again, that feel of the Clásico might give Chivas the upper hand here. It's definitely going to be a game which I think the mental aspect of it really plays a toll on these players, especially on, on some of the younger ladies that are going to be playing, Yeah, you know. What is this? What does it mean to, to them to be in front of all these, you know, all these uh, fans and, and opposing fans, and um, you know, knowing the expectation and the weight of it being a clásico, plus you know, you know, both teams looking to get those three points because they're so vital now coming towards the end of the season. Um, I think I think whoever can keep their head on uh, straight and and who who can block the nerves a little bit more. It's definitely going to be the team that, that comes away with it better. And like you said, I mean, you know, I think home field advantage definitely gives Chivas a little bit of an upper hand in regards to this, you know. But, um, you know, you, you jumped right into it, uh, Amy. So let's 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 continue there. The, how do these two teams come into this? Melissa, I'm interested to hear, how, how do you see Chivas Femenil coming into this game? Um, we talked about it. They, they drew against uh, Cruz Azul. Uh, but, you know, like, like you said, they, they're pretty good at home. How do you see this team coming into this game? Well, I think it's been a massive improvement over last season. Last season was terrible. And in during the preseason, there was a lot of, of movement there because they brought in Nelly Simon to run the, the management side of things. And there was this weird switch with Tigres about the coaching. And Chivas ended up uh, signing coach Villa Ceballos. And they did sign quite a lot of players, but most of the signings were actually defensive. And right now we see the team is doing well defensively, but they're really lacking in terms of, of scoring goals. Overall in the league, they're the team that shoot more and they cross more, but the goals are just not landing. So I think that's been a bit of a problem. And just checking who's been scoring, eight different players have scored. So basically the whole... Starting eleven has at some point or other scored, 
But the thing is, they also coming in with something to prove because they were up 3-0 against Cruz Azul and you would have said, oh, it's in the back. And Cruz Azul was able to tie. So I think coach has really um, got to check what he's going to do defensively because they got good defenders, but I feel like he could have adjusted earlier to manage the match. And we haven't seen him do that too well so far. I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens there in terms of being able to to manage and to and to stay on on if they manage to get an advantage, how they are going to stay on top of things so that the same thing doesn't happen as it did with Kosasut. Interesting, interesting. Amy, what is your take on it? Um, I I think I actually think along the same storyline for America in terms of coming in having to prove something i mean i mean we were talking about this before we started recording but i specifically remember i said i don't think they're gonna beat monterey i'm sorry i you know i know that's not what you need to say in america centered podcast but i really didn't see them facing off against monterey then i left the podcast and i was slandered because i said that monterey was gonna win um and then sure enough that's exactly what happened and again i i I don't think I will say this though. I mean, Monterey absolutely dominated that. Desiree Monsevice is a beast, and she should get all the credit she deserves for that fantastic work that she's performed this game and past games. But I don't think that this game necessarily identifies what America is capable of. Um, that match against Monterey, it it does show the levels at which teams like Monterey and Tigres are compared to, you know, like a Chivas or an America. But I think they come into this game having to prove something that. that you know, it doesn't signify who they are as a club. Um, and of course, going back to it, it is Chivas. And I just as much as Chivas can score three goals, they have to focus on that too. America does have a really strong defensive line, but Chivas also can, you know, put in plenty of goals. So I think it's a, I think it's going to be an important game for them to prove that they're not they're not the team that lost to Monterrey the way that they did. They're something in the middle of, you know, the place that they're in. It should be interesting to see how... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, go ahead, Melissa. It's funny because they are both pretty much the same in terms of points. But I feel like Chivas this season has shown improvement. And I feel like maybe America has stalled and slowed down a little bit. Yeah, that's what so I was So they're going. pretty much the same point. But they are coming in from different places. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're coming into yeah. different sections because I, I feel like you said Chivas is taking two steps forward. When sometimes America feels like they're taking two steps back in regards to what this team was, especially from the team that won that uh, that championship against Tigres. Um, and and I think you've seen it too, Amy. I, the fans are starting to get a little bit desperate with uh, with Cuellar. You know, a lot of people asking for 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 him to be to be let go. Um, this game is a make or break, I would believe, for him in regards to whether or not he stays as manager. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm. That's why I meant earlier when you know you're kind of seeing America finding their identity, and and I don't think that necessarily has to do that much with Guerr. I mean, there was tons of speculation at the beginning of the season about you know all these players like leaving, and you know all these changes that were happening. Um, so I, I don't think it's, a, I mean, a lot of us were, were saying at the beginning of the season, it's going to be, a, you know, they're going to have a long time to, to adjust and they've kind of gotten it together. 
but then you see a game like like Monterrey and you kind of hope that they're able to change something up and really push for this match going forward. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest criticisms that this team has you know, concurred throughout the whole season is that there's a lack of identity. There's a lack of what you play at. Um, as is, me and Dylan talk about it all the time on the podcast is sometimes the, the team just falls into a premature style of play in which you're just launching the ball forward like if it was a Sunday league match. You know, when you're starting to get desperate and, and, and you can't find that goal. And I think um, I think that does fall on, on some of these players, on some of these ladies. I think they do need to be a little bit more calm, a little bit more collected in, in the way they think and the way they process themselves on the pitch. Uh, but I think Cuellar has to also, you know, play his role from the managerial side of things. He's obviously a, a, a yeller because you, you hear him sometimes on, on the matches. Uh, but I, I feel like he's lost his way of of impacting the team uh, these past couple of matches. You know, it looked like things were going good. It, it, you know, things were picking up from the start of the season, which, let's face it, it was not the brightest of starts for them. And, you know, things started looking well. And little by little, again, it started to be a little shaky. Obviously, that match against Monterrey, you can chuck that off to, uh, as, you know, as, okay, it was just Mon- it was against Monterrey. It was at, at home, on, on their home field advantage. We're not at that level just yet. But the thing is, you're America. You, you, you can't. You're not given that room to say, "Well, we're not there yet," because you should be there. You know, understandably. And the fact that the results just haven't been there, I think that's what uh, that's what a lot of fans have just been kind of pushing back towards Guayar, who, like you said, you know, there was speculations at the beginning of the season. What's going on in that locker room? Has he lost some of these girls? You know, especially with um, uh, Cassandra Cuevas leaving. That was a big shocker, right? Especially uh, after being the yeah. best player for the team that season. So it 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 will be a make or break, I would imagine, for for Cuellar. And you know he's done so much for for the lady sport, um, and it does suck to see that he's kind of stumbling, up, uh, you know, in right now with America. Because I always thought that he was the right person to carry them forward, but you know it's it's one of those things where you know if the process isn't working, then maybe it's time to to adjust it a little bit. So. Yeah, and I think that the I think that the league is. I mean, it, it goes into another discussion. It's kind of a you know a digression, but it goes into the, this discussion of, you know, the league is evolving, and sometimes um, the people that we saw as part of kind of you know the cultural significance of the of women's soccer in Mexico aren't necessarily the right fits to keep them moving. Yes, he did what he could with America Femenil. They obviously got the title. Um, but it, yeah, there's there's definitely a shift where I, I I can see that I can I can see your point of you know if they lose this classical you know this this classical and during a crucial part of the season it it could definitely have you know uh, inevitable effects for him. All right. I mean, I can see how it can be hard to maybe criticize or question him after. The legacy he has for America and for the women's soccer, how it can be a bit harder maybe for the club to step in and say, we need to change things because he's like such an iconic figure that it can be a little bit tough to to step in and say something. No, yeah, I completely, I completely agree. You know, he he is one of those uh, people who kind of have that ultimate respect all around, not just the the club itself, but I think all of the the, the federation that you know he's done so much that he's kind of you know on a pedestal. But 
I think if the results continue to not go their way, you, you can only you, you can only make that excuse for so long, you know. So and you, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. But let's talk about this match. Let's talk about uh, these two teams. Let's talk about players that are going to be involved in this match that we should keep an eye on because I think there's some really really good fun talent that's going to be displayed on Monday. And I'll throw it to you first, Melissa. Who who are your standout players for this game? Who do you need to step up? In regards to this classical, who do you expect to just go out there and really give it their all? I think that Blanca Felix, the goalkeeper, may have a little bit of something to prove after last match with Cruz Azul. And also, the cl last classical was really significant for her because it was sort of the start of her being the first goalkeeper for the team. She started Liga MX being the, the second goalkeeper, and then after an injury for Karen Gomez, I think, she stepped in in that match versus America in, in semifinals for the, on the way to the championship is what really made her one of the stars of the team. So I think that might be what she needs to, to get back into form again. And of course, I mean, I love uh, the Chivas midfield. Nicole Perez, who is like the rising talent from Mexican soccer. <laughs> I love uh, Nicole Perez. And of course, then you have Tania Morales on the other side, who is like the team captain since day one, and she's been like a huge asset for the team. And also, I think Miriam Castillo, who's also on the midfield, I think she's really underrated. And it's a problem because she's like in the middle of Nicole Perez and Tania Morales, who are much more popular and much more followed by the media. But I think she's doing doing a really solid season for the team. And I think it's incredible just how many fouls she gets per match and she hasn't been injured. That's sort of a miracle in itself. <laughs> and I think she's, she's like the, the underrated uh, player on the team for me. And I mean, in terms of of defense, you have um, Janely Farias, who is like a historic player now for the team, being the first Mexican-American. She has even scored. She has spoken a lot of her love for the team and so she's she's slowly becoming like this um icon for the team now defensively so i think those are like the the key things for me i think if the midfield is going well then they are going to be able to have a better grasp on the match amy anyone from that she side that you uh that you want to st uh, stand out um, I actually, it's so funny that she started with Blanca Felix because I was literally looking at my notes and a thing that I like circled for America Advantage is Blanca Felix has her moments. Like she, like she'll, she'll have these great moments, but she'll also have these really questionable moments. And I think if America utilizes them, they can get an advantage there. Um, no, but I think, uh, I am such a huge fan of Nicole Perez. Like, uh, like ever since she scored that free kick goal in the U17 World Cup, like I was sold. Like that was it for me. Anytime she does, it's it's so hard for this match to like think that she's on the opposing side. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that uh, America is definitely gonna have to a be careful with those free kick opportunities that they give Chivas because she can execute them if she really wants to I mean you saw that fantastic play that they had against Cruz Azul you know those are the kind of things that Chivas is doing now that's what I'm saying personality you it's just one of their identifying factors um but yeah I think those two for me for uh Chivas side is crucial um for the America side I think that um Kind of with like kind of like Blanca Felix, you know this parallel. I think Heidi Gutierrez has something to prove in this game, 
given it's the classical and given that you know she's it's going to be like a classical where Ceci's not here and so this is her opportunity to shine I think she's had a she's had a pretty good season overall um but we'll definitely see and then of course we don't have as much depth um as Chivas has in terms of goal scorers but we do have like a decent amount of goal scorers and I think you see that a lot with obviously Lucero Cuevas Daniel Espinosa um, even Jenny Munoz, she kind of flux, she kind of, you know, switches up between going in the front and maybe staying a little bit more back. But I think she's also, again, another Mexican American player that's definitely utilized her opportunities here in the league. So, um, I'm just hope. And then, I mean, we've already mentioned it solid defensive side. You know, ideally you got Jimena Rios, another huge fan from that U17 side that we all watched. Um, Valera, Lozaro, Monica Rodriguez. So I, 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 I really do enjoy this kind of parallel moment that we just keep touching on with these two teams because it'll definitely add to the fun of what this match should be. No, yeah, most definitely. Most, most definitely. And, you know, it's funny enough, again, I was the players that I was going to highlight, funny enough, concur with exactly what Amy was saying. Uh, JD. JD uh, just got scored on four times at Monterrey. As a goalkeeper, that is detrimental to your confidence, right? So you... Ask Ochoa. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Oh, my God, why? To... I'm sorry. Okay, just ask me. That would have been more than enough. Don't bring him I'm into sorry. this. Um, no, but yeah, look, uh, JD is Nestor. Why? <laughs> okay, we're talking about women's football. Women's right? football. We'll have enough of that discussion later. Um, <laughs> look, JD is someone we've been following ever since. Uh, this, she, you know, she's been on the team. Um, funny enough, my cousin went to school with her. Um, in Mexico. So the, are you doing that thing, Ivan? No, I'm are you just doing saying, that thing. I'm just saying, uh, but it's it's cool because you know you, you've seen how much she's grown, um, and we always said it as soon as uh, you know the news was announced that Santiago was leaving. JD was a perfect uh, was a perfect replacement. You know, she had her minutes and she's had her moments. The only thing I'm questioning is whether or not she's going to get to start. Now, Cuellar came out and said that JD was number one no matter what. After the performance, after that four one. Could he do a rotational change in goal? I wouldn't be surprised. But I would like to see JD start this game. I hope she starts this game. And if she does, like you, like you mentioned, Amy, this is her chance to prove, you know? So definitely would like to see her. Um, And another player, too, that I think needs to make a big impact is uh, Espinosa. I, I really want to see what she what she's capable of. We know that she, we know how good she can be. Um, and she really needs to find a way to link up well with Cuevas up, up top. I think that's going to be important. And and last but not least, like you mentioned, Jen, uh, she's 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 been fundamental to this America side uh, since her arrival to the team. I think it's been a, it's been probably the best signing for them at the moment because what she's been able to give to this team is phenomenal because like you mentioned she's so versatile she can be up front she can be in the middle and i think this is a match in which you want her to dominate more of the midfield you can see how maybe she needs to yeah. do a little bit more in this match in the midfield you know it's you guys just mentioned uh she was his midfield you, you need someone like jen out there to try to control and try to move the ball try to get the team playing and she's perfect at that she when, when she's when she has the ball at her feet she knows what she's going to do and she's a very smart creative player and I think I think her alone in that midfield is going to be important, and we'll have to wait and see what uh, 
what the front players can can provide for her. But uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be an interesting match for for all these ladies involved. But I think those three players for me, I I I, I would highlight that really need to come out and give it their most. And adding to that versatility, uh, Jennifer has. You know, she has two goals. Um, you know who I was surprised that didn't have any goals this season because I was just double checking everybody. I'm surprised that Zuna Hernandez actually doesn't have any goals. I think she's also a very very yeah. very very essential part of that midfield too um i i i think i was confusing one of like a goal that she scored maybe last season but i was really shocked to see that she doesn't have any goals um but yeah i think i think jennifer is a great player i think that she should i tactic i I guess more of a tactic standpoint um to to kind of go a little bit ahead but i definitely think she needs to stay back stay a little bit more back this game, try to capitalize on the talent that Lucero and Daniela Espinosa have. And then if she has that opportunity, execute it. But I definitely think that she should maintain, you know, the midfield a little bit more, especially against a Chivas midfield. That's been absolutely fantastic. Definitely, definitely. And we'll go on to that section of side tactic wise. How do you see Chivas coming into this, Melissa? How do you how do you see the coach strategizing this game against America? I think that the Cruz Azul match was a big wake-up call in terms of that he needs to figure out how, how he's going to sort out the defense. So I think that's where we might see more changes. In terms of the midfield, it has been solid the full season. And actually, the midfield is exactly the same as it was last season. So it's one of the few things that have remained stable across time. And in terms of attack, um, so far, Ruby Soto has been has become like that reference in terms of scoring. She has three goals at the most of any player in Chivas. But yeah, I think that the biggest question for me is, is what he's going to do defensively because he had um, at the start of the season, Melissa Sosa, who was a new signing, and Janely Farias there in the back. But then Sosa had, I think that she had a couple of matches where, where she went, I think she played with a concussion because she got a couple of really hard hits on the head. And after that, she made a, a big mistake in in the Leon match. And after that, uh, she's been on the bench. But the, then Kimberly Guzman stepped in. And I haven't talked about her, but she was, for me, the only bright point of last season. She's 16, 13, 17 this month, I think. She's really young, but she has a lot of talent. So I definitely see her uh, growing in Chivas and becoming a starting defender. So for me, the main question is how the defense is going to work out for this match. That's like the big question. Okay, nice, nice. So your guys' biggest question is defense. What do you think America's biggest question is, Amy? Uh, if they can capitalize on on their, their forwards. I mean, obviously they have good. I mean, look, if you look at their starting 11 from the Monterrey game, you know, Doria Hernandez has three goals. We talked about Lucero Cuevas having four goals and Daniel Espinosa having three. I think like you were saying, Ivan, yeah, they've had a, they've had a topsy-turvy kind of season this this season but that Monterrey game was the most goals that were scored on them from any team. They've usually had one or two goals scored on them. I think they've only had like one goal every game. Um, but I think their defense, I think defensively they have it figured out or they should anyway and it's just about how do they best capitalize on their attackers. They, obviously they have I mean between the two three I mean between the three starters that they had for last game that's that's what 10 goals already so that's you need to utilize that as much as possible and as melissa was just talking about you see 
Chivas give up three goals to Cruz Azul, you kind of use that to your advantage. You kind of look back at that and be like, okay, what went wrong for Chivas and how can we do something similar in that situation? No, yeah, definitely. And, and I think that's something that we've criticized America too this season is when they are when they do go forward, uh, there's a lack of creativity or there's a lack of making the right decision in front of goal. Um, you know, there's one play too many, the cross is not right, uh, you know, they're trying to do a, a ground cross instead of going up it's just a whole bunch of stuff once they get to that final third the decision making hasn't been perfect and you're right you look at i love how i love how this we could be talking about the men's side if we're being honest i love how it translates (laughs) see we're doing it we're doing it it's it's permeating to both leagues this adriana and my dream i love it (laughs) (laughs) it's sadly we can but you know sadly enough i I have more faith in the women's to figure that out before the men's but um (laughs) You're right. The talent is there. So I, I think they, they, you know, how however Guayar wants to set it up, whether it's going to be two up front, whether he's going to have, you know, the three up front, it, it, it really is going to depend on him and how he, how he sees about it. Um, but the talent's there. And I, you would imagine that if they utilize it correctly, they could easily score some goals that day. But yeah, yeah, hopefully. We'll have to wait That's and see. We'll have to definitely, definitely wait and see. But all right then, here comes my favorite part of the podcast, in where I asked you guys for your predictions for Monday's game. This is always fun. Alrighty, I'm throwing it to you first, Amy, because I've been throwing every question to myself. No, first. why do you do this? I'm no. throwing it to you, Amy. Amy, what is your prediction? Um, granted, if it's not the correct one, you might this might be the last podcast you ever come on. Um, <laughs> Don't be wrong. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. Give me your prediction for Monday's game. Okay. Obviously, you arrange this podcast to be a certain way. So I will. I obviously have to choose a specific (laughs) answer. That's not true. The The thing about this is like, I think that I see Chivas coming out strong. And that's the challenge that I have in this. I like, I definitely see Chivas coming out strong. And for me, it's just about whether or not America can respond to the strength that Chivas has. And, and that's where I, that, that's why it was hard for me to make a prediction. But if I need to give a correct answer, I am going to go with a two, a three, two for America. Wow, I that's think a lot of goals. I, yeah. It's Leo Max Feminine, bro. Have you not seen <laughs> the goals that they score? Alrighty, three two. Yeah, I'm going with. I'm going three two America. Amy's going three two America. Melissa, what is your scoreline prediction? I still like you, Amy. <laughs> um, I'm going. I'm going with Chivas. Obviously. So three two. No, Chivas. I think. Um, not sure, but I'm pretty sure that either Tania Morales and or Nicole Perez will score. See, that's why I have to make it 3-2 because I think Nicole Perez is going to score and not just score. I think she's going to have like a really fantastic free kick goal. I don't know. See, I'm going to get you a Chivas jersey with Nicole Perez's number. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm not totally opposed to that idea. See, this is what Nicole Perez does. She's just a fantastic player. So Maybe if she plays for Arsenal, then you can finally... Oh, don't even joke. Don't even joke. She's she already got her jersey. jersey. Like, it's real. It's happen. It's happening. Oh my god! I will freak out if that happens. But yeah, I, I do. I do think though. In all seriousness, I think you are going to see a Chivas that comes out extremely strong. They have. They know who they are. So I don't see it being that difficult for them to come out with the strength that they need. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I, I just, I, like we said at the beginning, I just hope that it lives up to the expectations that we all have for this match. Nice. I think that at the end of the day, as long as it's a really good game, I think overall the league benefits from it. And that's what we all want to see, right? That's really what we all want to see at the beginning of stages of, of a Clasico being played for the first time in league play. Um, so Amy's going with America 3-2. Melissa's going with Chivas. And, uh, well, I'll be the tiebreaker here. No, no brainer what I'm going to pick, but I will, oh, I will, I will, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. Um, I'm going to go a bit conservative here. I'm going 2-1 for America. I'm, I'm backing the ladies up. It is, it is, I hope they're listening right now because it is my birthday week and I would really enjoy it, a, a win, ladies. So please, let's kick it off right. Um. But at the end of the day, I can see this game being a tough one for both, for both, especially for America, because only they're the away side, you know. And I think that that home factor is really going to play a part. Um, but it's whether or not these ladies have the courage, have the valiant uh, effort to come out and really, really take it to them. Because you, you said it too, Chivas is probably going to come out strong. It's can America match that intensity? Can they match? Uh, and can they go to the toe with Chivas for a full ninety minutes? You know. Can you can you guys see this this game be a little bit physical, a little bit rough? Can you guys see a couple of fouls here and there more than usual? It'll add to the classical aspect of it, won't it? It will. I guess that's. I guess that's the. Uh, yeah. Have we ever I, seen a ladies fight? I mean, who got? I mean, Tigres, Tigres, Rayados. The last game got pretty, pretty, got pretty, got pretty intense. But I don't know. I I don't think I've ever seen. I don't know, Melissa. Maybe you can answer this better. I don't think I see. Like, I don't associate either with the team with like. Su- Actually, no. I think when Nicole's match, he can get pretty aggressive sometimes. But I don't. I don't think so. She was played relatively clean. They were, I think, second in the fair play ranking. So they're they aren't really getting that many. I don't know if they aren't fouling that much, but at least they aren't getting that many yellow cards. So they're they're playing relatively clean. Except when they play Tigres, those matches are always going to end up in a fight. See, that's what I'm trying to see. Is it going to be that kind of oomph, that, that, that... Are you condoning violence, Ivan? Is that what you're doing? You're I'm not saying violence? that, but I'm not opposed to having something similar to, like... You guys ever see those fights that happened back then uh, with the men's where, where they actually, actually fought? Actually, no, what? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Let's, let's, keep it safe, let's keep it simple, ladies. <laughs> where are you going I'm just this? saying there's a trying to add a little bit more passion and color to it but no I, I at the end of the day what we want to see is is football being played on the pitch and i think both of these teams are going to bring it they're definitely going to have uh key elements to to give us the best possible match displayed on the field and really really excited for this one this game is going to be transmitted correct ladies oh i was ch- isn't it on fox sports i don't think it's on chivas plays at home so who broadcasts them yeah, I think Fox Sports is, is no. going to be broadcast that one. Fox only has Monterrey and Santos. Mm. And Cholo. For Mexico, they have the website, they listed Fox Sports. Oh, yeah, no. I checked. Yeah, and so there's... we're going to have to do illegal stream. See, see, Liga MX Feminine people, if you're listening to this right now, like this is a huge match. We get Tigres versus Monterrey. We need to get these matches too. And that's a huge point to make. There's a huge demographic of people that want to watch this game in the U.S. And you're depriving us of that, guys. It's Fox Sports. Yeah. Well, 
we will find a way. I promise yeah. to every listener out here, we will find a way. So, for those of you guys who are wondering, this game is going to be played live at uh, the Estadio Akron at 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's 7 p.m. Central time, 8 p.m. Pacific time on Monday, September 16th, also known as Mexican Independence Day. Um, we will do our best to find you guys a stream if possible, but... You guys can follow all the live action if you're not in front of a TV on our social media platforms. You guys can follow it live with us at Resaca America US. We're going to keep you guys up to date with all things in regards to that Clásico. Amy, where can they follow you on Twitter to make sure they keep up to date with all the craziness that's going to be the Clásico Nacional? You can find me at, at Azteca Amelia with three A's at the end. Alrighty. And Melissa, where can they find you and your wonderful uh, account on Twitter? The Americanistas can hate follow me on Chivas <laughs> uh, Well, you know, th- th- this is going to go out. I'm pretty sure there's going to be Chivas fans listening to this as well. So there's plenty of more growth to be made there. But um, yeah, you guys can follow that. Uh, all that action live. It should be an interesting one. It should be a fun one. We have some uh, some very cool special things pr- uh, lined up for that day of and the day prior to hype up the classic a little bit more on all social media platforms. So make sure you guys do stay tuned to that and follow us. I do, again, want to reiterate uh, how important this game is, uh, not just for the teams, but for the league itself. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to take the time right now to maybe say a little bit of something in regards to the uh, to the Liga MX Feminine and what this could be uh, and, and what this game means, not only for the, like, like I said, the teams, but, you know, the league and the community itself, you know, Amy? Oh, yeah. I mean, just how we started, you know, it's the beginnings of what the potential that Liga MX Feminine has when there's no barriers, there's no weird rules. You're just giving everybody all the opportunity. You're giving teams the opportunity to really shine. And that's exactly what this game is. Um, I've said it about seven times at this point, but you've seen what the Clásico Regio does for the Women's League. This is the two biggest clubs in, in Mexico, regardless of gender and it's just their opportunity to, again, capitalize on it. And I hope that it really does live up to potential. I hope the, the league sees it. I hope the, the teams as an organization, men's and women's, sees um, what it could bring. And it has positive ramifications at the end. Melissa? Yeah, I think that the way that both teams feel like they have something to prove, it's going to add that extra. And yeah, I think that this could be one of those matches that make or break the season for either team. I think it's going to be a fun. Definitely, definitely. Well, ladies, I want to thank you, uh, the both of you, not just for being on the podcast today, but for doing what you guys do for the feminine side of things. Um, I think you guys' work is phenomenal. Uh, I, I think the, 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 what you guys are doing is is amazing. You guys are helping this grow even more so than it is on its own and i think you guys play a vital role in what's to come for this league and the importance for the feminine side of things not just for mexico but uh for what the national team as well is to come uh so thank you so much for what you guys are doing uh amy from the beginning i know you've been on this you know with the podcast you have the uh, our football podcast uh tremendous tremendous you guys cover the whole league and you guys do a phenomenal job at it melissa the fact that you have made a chivas feminine english account that is beyond amazing that i think that deserves a round of applause in itself 
uh, did you take the time to do that? And, you know, coming from an Americanista, you know, to say that uh, it just it really merits the, the respect that, that you deserve, because I, I think it's one of the coolest things possible that, you know, someone's taken the initiative to go up and, and say, you know what, there's an, there's an ask because there is there's, there's a calling for this. There's people that want this, you know, and, and the it's more so exposure. awesome. Yeah, it's so awesome because it's like the ultimate niche. Like, not only is it an English language platform about the Liga MX League, but it's the women's side. Like, that is so amazing. And it's awesome. Like, I, I hope, I mean, the guys have done a fantastic job of integrating uh, the Lady Aguilas into their pod. But I think that specific one is just vital. That information that you provide is just amazing. And don't ever say you're not an expert, Melissa, because you totally are. So you too no, are thanks. I'm just following the footsteps of someone like Amy who has been a trailblazer for us so it's it's good company definitely is and don't forget to follow the hashtag guys LigaMX F-E-M-E-N-G it's not that hard it's not that long you guys can <laughs> just can use it you gotta be smart though how you uh, how you word your tweets because sometimes you're on a ramble and you're trying to fit everything in you know but no definitely follow the follow the hashtag and as always, as I always reiterate, guys, on Monday morning, as soon as you wake up, first thing you do, even if you're running late for work, grab your phone and put hashtag Let's Go Lady Aguilas. Ladies need all our support on this one. And again, thank you to Melissa for coming out. I, I know you're on uh, on uh, enemy territory, but uh, it was great for you to come on here. I know it's your first podcast ever, um, and you know you had to do it in, uh, for <laughs> you know in, in enemy territory. But again, it was amazing to have you on. An expert, like Amy said, it was great. Thank you so much for coming on, Amy. As well as always, it's been fun having you come back. You gave the right answer, so you know we'll think about it having you come back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you Still have your jersey refunded for that gancitos you guys owe my babysitter so i'll be in contact with christian yeah christian's the one you talk to about that you know i i i only host i'm just here for that <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then well ladies it's official we have made history we have previewed the first ever classico nacional in league play between america and chivas it's always great to be able to be part of something and this is something amazing i can surely assure everyone so hopefully you guys have enjoyed this special edition of the eagle eye podcast hopefully you guys will enjoy more of these to come we really do want to give the ladies the platform that they deserve we do sometimes feel bad that you know we give them only a bit of a segment here and there but um they definitely merit it sometimes even more than the men so uh hopefully this is something new to come for for us here at the eagle eye podcast and again thank you so much ladies for coming on and to everyone we will see you guys on monday for this Clásico Nacional, America versus Chivas. Without further ado, until next time, take care. Goodbye.